The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk, and it is in everyone's best interest to consult tax, legal, or an investment professional. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of, and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory, Dean, and Remington are not affiliated with USA Financial Security. Welcome to the 50th episode of WTF, Wealth Taxes and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, Certified Public Accountant and Personal Financial Specialist. Dean and Remington are in here doing research and they're behind the cameras today. And yes, this is our 50th episode. Hello. We're in front of the cameras. Oh, we even got right. one for me. That's right. He's on the GoPro <laughs> today. I forgot. You see that beautiful face. No, <laughs> you don't want to see that. <laughs> so we started this back in, what, the end of March, 1st of April of 2020. This is the 50th episode, so I want to thank everybody for listening. We've got a um, couple thousand followers at this point, and um, we've got thousand new listeners every week, so... Uh, we're starting to uh, add to that momentum, and we want you to get back to us. We want to do as much as we possibly can in this new year to give you new content, to give you relevant content, and things that are actually going to help you. And in order to start this 50th episode, and since it's the beginning of the year, I wanted to go back to, it was like the first or second episode of what we had actually started to talk about on some very in, uh, basic investment advice and some things to get you started with. And what I'd like to do is go back to say, what are the four hardest questions to answer? And what they are, and I'll go into them in a little bit of detail, and then we'll start again to reemphasize, since it's the beginning of the year, looking at budgets and expenses and things like that. Because I think it's so important that you get a good, solid foundation when you start. And if you don't have that and it's not organized, then you're just going to be helter-skelter all over the place. So the first thing is, is there are four questions, and each one of them relates and is interrelated, okay? Because they all play off of each other, so not one's going to dominate uh, the other ones. So the first thing is, what rate of return am I going to have to earn in order to maintain my present standard of living throughout my life expectancy. And with life expectancy being 84, 85 years old, at this point in time, you have to decide, okay, am I going to be an early retiree at 50, 55, or 60? Is it going to be 65, 70, 75? How much longer am I going to have? Uh, what is my uh, family history of uh, longevity? And has there been any disease, anything else, I guess, you know, from that standpoint? doesn't mean you're going to get it, but you can at least start looking at it from a standpoint of determining, you know, what a reasonable life expectancy is. So in order to do that, you have to figure out, you know, what rate of return. That's going to go back into a risk analysis that we'll talk about a little bit later. But you, you have that uh, to establish on uh, one area. The next thing is, is how much am I actually really going to have to save? So you start to see where these are all going to be interrelated because if I don't know how much risk I can take, I don't know what rate of return I need. If 
I, depending on my type of work and how much I can save, I don't know what I need to save unless I know what my budget is and what are my expenses. And we try to do that from a standpoint of looking at them currently and maintaining that as you go through your, um, you know, your earnings cycle, uh, your work history and everything right up until you retire. So how much do I need to save? Well, there's several different ways, amounts, and uh, things you have to um, look at to go into that formula. There's no, there's no precise uh, scientific application to that. It's something that you're going to have to decide on your own. And hopefully I'll be able to give you that here before the end of this uh, episode. Um, how long am I going to have to work? That's the other thing. Some people want to put everything away. Other people in, and live in modest means. Other ones want to travel and do some things while they're working. Some people are going to wait until they actually retire. So everybody's going to be saving, working, and doing things at a different pace than everybody else. So what you have to do is break this down again. Doesn't matter what your neighbor did or your cousin, your nephew, or um, one of your fellow employees or um, you know individuals that you work with. Doesn't matter what they do. It's what you need to do. What's your lifestyle and what is it that you want? So we ha then we have to determine if you're going to want to retire at 50, how much are you going to have to save? Because if we go back into that life expectancy at 84, you've got to have at least 34 years of expenses uh, in, uh, for money for expenses and everything for living um, in order to maintain that. And then who knows, you know, you could live to 90, 95 or 100 or whatever. So, so we have to be able to uh, look at that from a perspective that makes sense. And then the final thing is on those four hardest questions to answer. So we've got what rate of return do I have uh, to earn? How much do I have to save? And how long do I have to work? If you can't make those work properly and get to that uh, funding those expenses that you have, now we're going to have to compromise and reduce our standard of living. Okay, That's the fourth element in here. So there's a combination of all four of these that are going to have to be put into play at some point in time and to some extent, okay? And when you look at that standard of living, if X is equal to 100% right now, and that's your present standard of living, then you may end up having to have a, a 10 or 15% reduction in order to maintain that because either the investments you had didn't earn enough, you couldn't put away enough, or for some reason you didn't, you weren't able to work long enough, okay? So now that's going to compromise uh, your standard of living. So that's the last thing we want to do is compromise that. So when you start looking at all of these, you really can't do anything until you get a budget. And there again, you know what you're making, okay? And um, your gross is um, your largest amount that um, you have over a one, two, uh, week period, uh, bi-weekly, it could be monthly, whatever, however you get paid. So if you're making $20 an hour, that's your gross hourly rate, okay? So if your pay for a pay period is $2,000, that's your gross. You have your federal and state withholding. You have Social Security and Medicare taken out of that. If you have city tax, that's taken out. Um, you may have some um, other amounts that come out of that, but your uh, your disposable income that you start before you have your home and rent is the net after the taxes. And then you may have something else. You may have your 401k. And 
there again, we would look at it that part of the savings is going to be probably in your 401k. Hopefully you have an employer that is matching to some extent. And in order to do that, I would look at at least starting with that match. If they match 3%, put in at least that. See how that feels. Um, if, if you can do that and if you're earning enough. If you're not earning enough, then we have to sit back and start looking to say, do you have to take on a second job? Is there something else that you can do to get um, more pay where you're working, some overtime or whatever? Because the sooner you start saving, um, the easier this is going to be. Because if you're able to save more and you reduce your expenses, you don't need to force your money to work that much harder. You don't need to take a lot of risk. So you can have something a little more conservative, still earn a decent rate of return, but you don't have to go into something that, geez, if I can't make 20 or 30%, it's very speculative, then I'll never be able to retire. And that's the wrong way to look at this. So there's a formula and there's a combination of these four factors in here between the rate of return, how long you have to work, how much you have to save, and whether or not I have to reduce my standard of living, there's going to be a combination of those that's going to be right for you. And by starting with a budget, reducing your expenses, monitoring those expenses, and then seeing what you can live without, without compromising your lifestyle, because you have to have some time for yourself. And through this COVID for the last year, everybody has uh, had some type of a cutback, whether it's dining out, whether it's um, you know going places on vacation or whatever. So there's been a, a huge um, magnitude or swing in um, <clears throat> excuse me in uh, uh, lifestyle this last year. Doesn't mean that we're going to stay there, but it would be a good place to start to say, okay, if I have to uh, compromise anything, did I like where I was at? Most of us probably would say no. If I used to take two or three trips, can I just take one and be satisfied? If I haven't taken any, are there other things that I was able to do that, to save money during this? And has it hurt um, my lifestyle by uh, putting that extra money away or saving that? And once you go through this past year, like I say, this COVID year, been rough on everybody in different uh, ways, different circumstances, uh, personally, physically, psychologically. And once you take that into consideration, I think this is the best time for a real gut check to say, okay, let's let's get started and do this. And whatever you start with, um, look at it from a standpoint to break this down. There's no magic number. 5% of your net, 10% of your net. Start with one hour out of your eight-hour uh, uh, pay that you get on a daily basis. If you make $10 an hour, you work eight hours, that's $80. Try to put $10 of that away or whatever that net check would be out of that 80. Um, so whether it's a percentage, whether it's an, uh, an hourly portion, if it's one day out of a week, one day out of a, a two-week period, something that you are comfortable with to start saving but the expense side is the most important because until you record that and you get that down on either paper or an Excel sheet or something and really go through it diligently and see where the money is going, 
it doesn't have an impact until you put it to paper or on that Excel sheet. Once you do that, it will allow you to really evaluate where everything's been going on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, maybe even quarterly. And what I would say is if you get this thing, this is toward the end of January here when this is uh, being shown. So you can start this February, go through everything for February in March, track it, see how you see how you've done. At that point, go ahead and adjust it. Maybe you go up a little bit on your savings. Maybe you can knock off some of the um, cable TV um, bill or something that uh, you don't really need. Uh, maybe there's something else that uh, knock out. If you're going to save something on one end, try to um, knock out something on expenses on the other. Maybe you're not going to Starbucks and getting a, a coffee all five days during the week. Start Start a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or a Tuesday and a Thursday, or something. But knock that back. Do something that's not really going to affect you from a, you know, hopefully that's not a mental health aspect, but some people are going to have it as a habit. So what you want to do is uh, monitor that, see where it's at, and, and look at it at the end of that month and see how much of an impact that's made on your savings and everything. But um, I encourage you guys to look at this, that is going to be your basic and your foundation going forward for everything else. And if you go back to our other episodes in the beginning, when we started this in March and April of uh, 19 uh, or 20, I guess wrong year here. <laughs> We're in 21 now. Uh, if you go back into that point, you start seeing what was going on. Go back and review some of those other episodes um, because we got the titles out there. Uh, they're all online. Um if you have any questions or anything, you can uh, reach us at jcindia at lifestagesadvisory.com. And uh, we'll have all of these posted onto uh, the websites soon here. We're uh, working on the, uh, the YouTube, and we're going to have a lot more content for you here in the coming weeks uh, that are going to be a little bit more specific about um, uh, concentration on long-term care, on annuities, and cash value life insurance. And those are going to be three topics that going forward, you're going to see how to um, incorporate those into your savings plan. And that'll be the first three that we're going to hit. But we're going to have a lot more content for you going forward. So again, uh, guys, I don't know if you have anything else to think about, but I know I toward do. the end of last year, you were mentioning stuff before that, uh, um, you know, helping the, the savings aspects and everything you guys are doing. Yeah, one of the big things you touched on was the... Um, part of those those four questions was the uh what do you want to do what what is your what is your end goal mm -hmm. so when you retire do you want to be on a yacht mm -hmm. or when you retire do you want to be in living in the woods you know kind of <laughs> off the grid so i know it's really hard especially at my age you know being really young to decide right now what i want to do when i'm 65 <laughs> 70 years old i don't know the wood sounds good right <laughs> yeah, now yeah right? the wood yeah. sounds okay right now but you know maybe it is a yacht in the future but if you know that in the future you want <clears throat> you want more, you want to drive a Lambo, whatever it is, you need to figure out what it's going to take to make that type of income. Mm -hmm. If you think that making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That's livable money by all means for, mm -hmm. for a family too. Mm -hmm. If you think that that's okay, and then you think when you retire you're going to be driving a Lambo, you've probably got it twisted. Right. That's not right. So you need to keep in mind what is that 
end goal? Do I do I want to retire to luxury or do I just want to retire and be safe and comfortable? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are okay with that. Me personally, I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to retire with more, but I think there's some things that happen in your life that kind of make you change your vision a little bit, mm-hmm. like either getting married or having kids or or things like that. And you kind of go, all right, well, sounded cool when I was 20, but mm-hmm. you know, now it doesn't sound all that great. <laughs> life, life sets in and gets yeah, in the I'm way like, of all those other am I, am Lambo. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to work, you know, hundred plus hours a week just so I can have that Lambo? Like, is it really worth that all mu- all that much? Maybe mm-hmm. not, but you know, hey, it doesn't hurt to kind of set your goals out, you know, yeah. kind of be aware of what, what you want to do. Um, another thing that you said about the 401k, I've been stressing this to um, some of my employees is just start. I don't care if you put 1% in, just start. It could be $10 a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Just start, just do something. And unfortunately, my employer doesn't do um, a match. And I told them to all to just do 5%, mm-hmm. just put 5% in. I'm not, we're right. talking 40, 50, 60 bucks max right. a pay period. You're not even going to know it was gone. So that that's really important just to get started and just put something in yeah. and just get that moving. And then in the future, you'll go, oh, I'm glad I started that when I was younger <laughs> yeah, and not when I was in my 30s or 40s. And then, you know, you you got to play catch up. Right. Like that's my dad. He got he paid into a, a pension at a mm-hmm. previous job and he was at threat, still was at threat to lose all of that money. Mm hmm. And he started um, at a new job, probably late 30s, early 40s. And he started, the first thing he did, they matched up to 5%. He's putting like 12%, 13% in. Okay. So he's going like 15, 16% on his 401k right now. Yeah. Just to kind of play catch up because you don't know what else you're going to do. Sure. Um, The last thing, the budget. Yeah. Um, You mentioned Excel, writing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, for the younger listeners, um, the ones who aren't using paper, paper. Dean's favorite paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's all kinds of apps you can download. Um, some you can pay for some that are free. Mm-hmm. Um, also this is not a sponsorship whatsoever, but good budget. <laughs> I've mentioned this before is a really good app. It's a little green icon, got a little envelope guy on it. Um, it's kind of difficult to get set up and figure out how to use it. But it's an easy way to see where your money's going, how much you have left till your next pay period. Mm-hmm. And when you can visualize, for me, when I'm swiping my card, mm-hmm. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. But when I can, when I have to go into the app and enter it in and I can see, oh, I have $85 left in my eating out budget for the next two weeks, you should probably slow it down. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's, just something that's been a game changer for me in the past couple months. Cool. So I've I've appreciated the budget, even though I know I should have had one a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a uh, we've got a giant whiteboard that we keep in the living room that we just keep like track of all of our bills and what we have to pay and what's been paid, and it's pretty nice. Being able to visualize anything oh, yeah, for me visualizing is, like, everything yeah. is amazing. You know. Well, and I think that's part of you know this last year while we've been uh, trying to uh, get content that's relevant. I think rather than verbalizing everything going forward, uh, I've got some uh, ideas that we're going to have. It's some of them will be whiteboard, but other ones are going to be um, uh, almost like an app that I'm going to have that will be able to record um, from uh, oh anything from you know 
how to finance a car to, you know, uh, looking at mortgages. Uh, when we're looking at savings plans, we're going to look at uh, different tax rates and things. And uh, they all have different algorithms to them, and they're all integrated with Excel sheets. So there's an empirical backup for everything, but these are going to be more visual. And I think once you start seeing them on a visual display, and I get to start um, going over those with you and then pointing out um, and giving you some case studies, I think that's going to be uh, probably a lot more um, uh, applicable. It's going to be, it's going to clarify things because uh, some people can take a verbal word and understand. And make a vision it. out of it. Exactly. And, and other yeah, ones are more visual and they don't have a clue when we start talking about some of these <laughs> we'll numbers. Talk, talk your ear off and you're like. Yeah, oh, it's like, okay, terrible. I'm just boring you to death. So uh, we're going to show you with cartoons and <laughs> visuals and all kinds of drawings and stuff. So I think, you know, going forward in the next few weeks, we'll, um, we'll get some of that content out. And we'd like to hear again, hear back from you. And uh, love us, like us, and do all that other stuff that uh, we encourage you to do every episode. So until next time, we're signing off. Episode 50. Yay. Nice. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> Bye. Bye.